Corinthians chapter 1, and let's pick it up from verse 15 onwards. 2 Corinthians 1, 15 to 22. And in this confidence, I intended to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit, to pass by way, to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you, and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? Just like this. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in him are men to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. My text this morning, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are men to the glory of God through us. Now, as you look at this text, there I want to get to verse 20, but as Paul takes us to verse 20, he's giving us a glimpse of the process on how he makes decisions in Christ. And so he's telling us that this is his decision-making process. You look at verse 15. In verse 15, he, he uses this word, intended. In this context, I intended to come to you. And then in verse 17, you see this word, plan. Excuse me. He says, in verse 17, when I was planning this, so there is this intention, and then there is this planning. And so he gives us this idea that at one point, he intended to go to Corinth and visit them. But then, when he was planning, it wasn't so. And, and he gives us a glimpse of this gap between intention and actual decision. The, the Greek word is, is interesting. The Greek word for intent, in, in my scripture it says intended. Your version may use another word, um, maybe willing. But um, the Greek word bulamai means to be willing to consider the issue. So you haven't made a decision yet and you won't act on that decision. You're just having an intention or you're considering this idea. And so, in verse 15, he tells the church that, hey, I had an intention. I was considering this, this idea of coming to you. Then in verse 17, he says, but in the planning, she didn't go. Right? His decision in, when he was in the planning process, after considering, and again, um, there's a big difference in the Greek, this idea of considering an intention. And, the, and there's a Greek word, telo, which means decision, right? And when a person makes a decision, um, the Greek understanding is, when you make a decision, when it's telo, you remove the impulsiveness of decision making. That means there's a process where you consider and then make a decision, then only act, act on it. So the blue mind is, I, I, I intend, I have a, 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 a 
considering, I'm willing to do this. But then he goes through a process where when he makes the actual decision and acts on it, it removes the impulsiveness. Now, why I'm bringing this up is, I think many times in our decision-making process, we do a lot of impulsive decisions without actually taking it through the process of, of praying and catching hold of what God is saying and making decisions, right? When we know that we are sure that this is the way God has spoken to us and we act on it. When we actually act on it, that's where Paul is saying, when you act on something where you know it's of God, your yes is always yes. You know it's going to come to pass, right? Look at how he unpacks it um, in verse 18. In verse 18 he says, But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. So he's saying to them, when I go through this process of making a decision, I don't make impulsive decisions based on a bullet line, based on an intention, based on a willingness, based on a desire. That's not when I act. I wait and I see what God is saying because God is faithful. So if God says do it and then I act on what God says, it will come to pass. So I know when I say it because God has said so, it will be yes. It's not going to be yes or no or maybe. It will be yes if I make a decision based on what God has said. If God says yes and I amend his yes through my actions, it will be yes. So he's trying to remove decision, the wavering in the decision-making process. And for me, in my journey with God, that is so crucial. If I know that I'm acting on what God has said, and, and that's what um, the Apostle is saying. He said, God is faithful. So when you act on what God says, you act because you know He is faithful. If He has said so, it will come to pass. And so you can act confidently without wavering. It's not yes or no. It's yes. And so he develops this idea now. Are you with me? Not no. Amen. <laughs> yes. Amen. And then we go to verse 20, and this is what excited me when I got to the scripture. Right? If you look at verse 20, it says, All the promises of God in Christ are yes. So all the promises of God are now yes. Right? It's not maybe anymore. All the promises of God are yes. The reason why it's yes is it's now being energized by the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that when he said it's finished, he said yes, 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 yes. So all the promises of God now are yes. Every single promise that you find in the scriptures are now yes. You look at the Old Testament now, it's a yes from God. You look at the New Testament now, it's a yes from God. Right? So it's yes. He's saying all the promises of God are yes. And then he says this word Amen. Now the word Amen is not a Greek word. It's a Hebrew word. And that's why we're going to do a little bit of a uh, word study this morning. Now I like what the New Living Translation captures hold of 
this, this verse, because the structure in the Greek is quite messy when you translate it, it and try and keep the structure, the Greek structure. That's why in uh, New King James, you can't really see clearly what Paul is saying. But the New Living Translation seems to have captured the English, uh, in English, what Paul was meaning. And this is the New, New Living Translation. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our Amen ascends to God for His glory. Basically what he's saying is, when you capture a promise from God, and God actually speaks to you personally a promise, and you get hold of that promise, that promise is a yes. It's a guaranteed, sure yes. Because all God's promises are yes. And so when you capture the promises of God, and then, when you amen that promise, you see it come to pass. Because God's promises, when you see it come to pass in your life, that's what gives glory to God. God is not glorified by unanswered prayers. God is glorified by answered prayers. God is glorified through us when we see the promises of God activated in our lives, when we actually experience God's promises, that's when God gets the glory. Because when you stand up here and say, I was praying and God saw me through this situation, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. When, when, you know, I would love to see, we, we open up for five minutes every time, we want to see some creative times here. Let's use that creative slot here. If you have some yes and amen, and you've seen the promises of God, and you've seen it activated in your life, and you've seen something happen, come and tell us about it. Because we need encouragement to keep seeing the promises of God from glory to glory, as we glorify and seeing it happen in our lives. So all those promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ, our amen. When we amen it, right, it comes to pass. Now I'm going to suggest to you, amen is not a word. It's not just saying amen. There's more to this word amen. Alright? And that's where I want to take you to. The Hebrew word for amen is aman. And I want to take you to aman. And I want to suggest to you that there are actions that go with this word amen. Alright? And um, so let's look at it. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. We're going to quickly look at three scriptures to give you an idea of this word, Amen. We use it so much. Right? Every time we finish a prayer, we say, Amen. And so when we ask, what's the meaning of Amen? Let it be, or yes, right? But it's, it's more than that. And see the word being used in the Old Testament, and you get an idea of what this concept, concept of Aman means. When a Hebrew would use the word aman or amen, right? It, it actually means a lot more than yes. It means a lot more than let it be, right? Look at Genesis 15.6. Genesis 15.6 says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. The word believed there is the word aman. So Abraham, when he heard the word of God, he amended, he amended, right? But he didn't just amen and say, oh, that's good, that's nice. 
Thank you for that. He actually believed it. He believed it and he walked in it until he saw it come to pass. 25 years. The promise came 25 years before he actually saw the promise. The promise was for a son. And he, when he heard it, something happened deep in his spirit when he heard the promise of God. He caught hold of that promise and he unmanned it. He said, yes, yes, yes. And he continued to amend it for 25 years. He believed that's God's promise for me. He held on to that promise for 25 years until at the age of 100, he was holding his son in his hand. Amen. To believe. Let me take you to another scripture. I'm a little excited. Can you see that? Just a little. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. Again, you see this word talking about Moses. God is speaking about Moses and he's saying, Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. The word faithful there, guess what word? Aman. So he is talking about Moses. He said, you know what? You guys just live your life, but not Moses. Moses as a servant, he aman. He just aman. He was a servant who aman. Meaning, he was faithful. He continued to believe. Not just one day, not just two days. His entire ministry was a ministry every day believing in what God spoke to him. And we know the life of Moses. He would enter the tabernacle, go face to face with God, hear the voice of God, walk out, and he would faithfully follow what God has spoken to him. Aman. Hearing God's word, aman. Your life amans what you've heard from God. Aman. One more. Ruth chapter 4, verse 16. Now this is, this is something that I want you to hold on to. It just unpacked this word Amman for us. Right? You, you saw it in, in how Abraham believed. Right? And uh, Moses faithful. So it's not just believing, it's prolonged belief. It's prolonged faith. It's continuing to believe. Right? But look at this, this use of the word Amman. Ruth chapter 4, verse 16. Then Naomi took the child. This is Ruth's child. So here's Naomi. And if you know the background of the story, right? Naomi loses her husband. And then loses her two sons. And he's, she's just hopeless. She's just lost in hopelessness. There's not an ounce of hope in her. And she says, my name is bitter. And I am bitter. And I am going back home. So he tells her two um, daughter-in-laws, you go back to your own people. I'm going back Home. And the two girls, one of them goes back, but Ruth doesn't. She holds on, holds on to her and says, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And Ruth follows her. Right? And something happens. God begins to bless Ruth. And through Ruth, Naomi gets blessed. Alright? And so this is what happens. Here's Ruth. Ruth now has a baby. A baby boy. And look at verse 16. 
Then Naomi, her name was bitter, but she's no longer bitter. She's holding on to this promise of God, now holding on to this child. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. Not Naomi's son, it's Ruth's son. But the whole community said, there, Naomi's son. Right? Look at this. They call his name Obed. He's the father of Jesse, the father of David. Here's a bitter woman in a place of total hopelessness. And then you see God's work in her life. Right? But look at this. Where's the word Aman? Verse 16. Naomi took the child, laid her on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Guess what the word nurse is? Aman. This is what Naomi did. Took the promise, put it close to her chest, nursed it, nourished it, amanned it, until it obeyed became David. Right? Obed became Jesse, Jesse became David, and David, out of David, would come the Messiah. The power of Amen is, is more than just saying yes to God. The power of Amen is believing, trusting in the promises of God, and the prolonged faith that no matter what it takes, no matter how long this thing takes, I will believe you, Lord, I will believe you, Lord. And then you take the promise. You hold on to the promises of God. You cherish it. You nourish the promise. You feed that promise until you see that promise become a yes in your life. And that's what Paul was talking about. He said he doesn't make impulsive decisions because there's an importance of the decision-making process to hear God's voice catch hold of the promise, and then you hold that promise because God has already said yes. You take hold of God's yes, and you amen it. You believe it. You prolong that faith and belief in it, and you nourish that promise in your heart, and you hold closely to it. You nurse that promise until you see the yes of God, and your amen produce the outcome that God has promised in your life. God's yes, our amen, and we see the fruitfulness. I'll take you to one more scripture, and then when we come back two weeks' time, I'm actually going to unpack some practical steps we can do to keep amen the promises of God as we look at a passage and a story in the Old Testament. Let me take you to that story first today, but I'm only going to look at just one verse. But when we come back and revisit this in two weeks' time, I hope to unpack some practical steps we can do on how we can amend the promises of God until we see it come to pass in our lives. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Verse 20. 
There's a story of Jehoshaphat and um, the people of God in Israel. And again, in a very hopeless situation, trapped by the enemies, but they received a prophetic word from God that God was going to deliver them. And so here as they respond to the promises of God and the pr prophetic word, in verse 20, you see um, Jehoshaphat speaking to the people. 2 Chronicles 2020. Maybe it is the 2020 vision we need. The clear, perfect vision. They arose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. Here you go again, that word, Amen. Amen the Lord, and you will be established. Amen his prophetic word, and you shall prosper. Amen the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Amen him. Hold on to what he has said. Hold on to that promise that moves in your spirit. And that is why the importance of hearing God's word every day. And so in two weeks' time, I'm going to revisit this whole idea on how we can hear from God. Look at some practical steps we can take so that we actually hear the prophetic word in you. You hear that promise in you and you catch hold of it and it's no longer just a whim. It's no longer just a desire. It's no longer just a willingness. It's not done out of impulse. But you hold on to it because God has spoken a yes into your spirit. And you hold that promise deeply in you. And you believe. And you're faithful to that belief. And you prolong that belief. Yes and amen. Amen. And you nurture, and you nurse, and you nourish that belief until you see something happen in your life. This is the only thing that has carried me through the years. And I've told you this many times in my stories, how out of poverty, I cannot see how a single mom raised four children out of poverty and brought us. And what we see today, the establishing of our lives, the prosperity that I see in my life, um, and the, the, the breaking of a generation of alcohol and violence, and everything that surrounds, that comes and accompanies them, to see my generation being established and prospering, and to see my three children. In two weeks' time, my wife and I will go to Auckland, and we'll witness my son's graduation. And you see, as I look back, the generation that decided to follow Christ, and then the promises that yes of God to your mother, a single mom, who on her knees all the time praying to God, that yes, and I still see it happen in my life, I still see the amens of God continuing to happen in my, my children's life, and it will continue to happen as long as the yes of God is amen in our lives. He will see it happen. Because Paul is saying, God is not a yes and no. God is yes. And when we make decisions based on the promises of God, and we walk through those promises of God, 
when we amen it in our lives, we will see the yes of God established and we will see our lives prosper. Let's pray.